This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our fifth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club, I'm Richard Woodard and you are tuned into the flagship show available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday. And because this is Sunday morning that we're recording, this is already my second go at this introduction and being patient is Northwest correspondent Seb Brown. How are you doing, Seb? Hello, very well, thank you. Yeah, we've had a few uh, a few technical issues with uh, microphones and computers and whatnot, but I think it's all running now. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll. Can uh... you hear us? Testing, testing. <laughs> so we'll be talking about um, the Tramir game yesterday. Um, Seb, you were helpful in translating the local dialect and uh, Scouse, getting yeah. us into places, which was helpful. And we met with a few people as well, so that's good. Still a bit of news, shall we, first and foremost. Um, Aaron Drynan, we talked about that in the midweek show, that him and Brett McGavin had gone on trial at Air um, for a possible loan move. Um, McGavin, I think, is back, but Air, um, Drynan has gone on loan there for the rest of the season. Um, their manager is um, championship manager legend, legend yeah. Mark Kerr. Um, and he also started for them yesterday in the Scottish Cup against Ross County. That's a good move. That's first team football. Do you think that Drone's ever going to play for us next time? When he joined, I seem to remember, weren't they all calling him Murph in training? And McCarthy almost suggested that he could almost go straight in and uh, and, and get into the team. So it's, it's a bit of a strange one. He needs to play. He's, I'm guessing he's 22, 21, maybe early 20s. But I know he's got another year left on his contract after this. So he really, really needs to go and play. And, and hopefully he'll bang in a few goals and get some confidence. I'm assuming Scottish Championship is probably similar level to League One, is it? Yeah, I th- I th- I'm trying to remember one of our um, one of our followers up in Scotland and I'm... Oh, this is. I should have done some prep, shouldn't I? That would have been good. I, th- I think it's a similar level. So if he can go out there and play for for the next four or five months, I mean, some of those pitches and some of those conditions and and some of those opposition. What did Lambert say? It's honest up there. I think he described it. So uh, I think it can only it can only be good for him. Ah, uh, mate, MJ um, up in Scotland. 
um, has suggested that it's kind of like um, EFL League Two, I think, okay. the top end of EFL League Two. Okay, but that's um, fine. It's, it's, so, it's much better than the 23s football, and he went on trial to Sweden, and nothing came of that. So uh, hopefully, he'll get himself a, a few goals and a bit of confidence, and maybe look to come back in the in the summer. But it, it, it would appear he's vastly down the pecking order. So yeah, and uh, I think if we were looking to send someone out on loan to League Two at the moment, I don't think that would be too bad. And it's just crappy weather up in Scotland. Hello to MJ if you're listening, and apologies for that. Um, Big news in terms of um, midweek was lacking. We've kind of had the Oxford game and the, the aftermath of that. We'll talk a little bit about the, the pitch, which was probably the most exciting thing about the kind of will it be on or will it not be on. Some quotes so for you, Seb. Um, will Norris, who um, we've got questions on later on about yeah. his continuing selection, um, but he's kind of talked about the potential for the recall back to Wolves. Um, he said, I came here to, with the intention of playing games to help me get promoted. At the end of the day, it's not important to me what Wolves are thinking. That's just my objective for the season and whatever Wolves are thinking. It's not something I'm worried about. Blow move has been really good. Um, but also um, this team meeting at Lincoln. We went to Lincoln, the 5-3 over Christmas, which was... Um, it was an interesting match, let's put it that way. We talked about that one. Um, but he's talking about the kind of form, um, the turnaround in form art maybe Since. that has coincided with this meeting. Yeah. Um, and his quotes are, uh, we have a sort of open changing room, um, I guess. make a, Interpret that how you want. Um, whereas some places I've been before hasn't been like that and it's been a case of we don't want any input, the, input from the players. It's not the case here. We always get a voice and I think that's very important. It's really refreshing. Um I'll ask you firstly about this kind of post-Lincoln team meeting stuff and yep. then about Norris himself. Um, but I guess it's good there's a dialogue there. It's good that um, mm-hmm. players' feedback is being um, taken on board. Do you write? Do you read anything into the turnaround of form because of that or not? Well, it's no coincidence. Since then, apart from the EFL Exeter game, since then we've had a settled formation and mm-hmm. pretty settled personnel. There have been a couple of changes here and there with, with injuries and schedules and whatnot. But since that game, everything seems to have settled down a little bit. So you would assume the senior players, Chambers, Scoos, most likely have probably sat down with Lambert, um, explained their their unhappiness with the, with the rotation policy. I mean, if, if players don't know they're playing up until the, the morning of a game or maybe the day before, they can't prepare properly for it. If they don't know what the formation's going to be and if every week they've got a different player playing outside them or inside them or, or somewhere on the pitch, you know, how can those, how can those relationships develop? So... Mm-hmm. It's it's no coincidence since Lincoln we've seen an upturn in form. Appreciate the EFL game was a uh, a bit of, a bit of a, a wipeout, but um, since then it looks like everything has sort of turned a corner. Two thousand and nineteen has sort of had a, a line drawn under it, and since then, since two thousand and twenty, we're seeing minimal rotation, minimal changes. So you'd like to think Lambert's listened, and, and long may it continue. Yeah, you, I, you. I wonder how much of the player feedback was about that rotation. We we you kind of hear whispers, don't you? So, yeah. Um, um, so but it must, it must be impossible. I mean, your job or my job, if you if you were doing a different, almost a different role every day with different people, and you didn't know what that role was to the last minute, I, th- I think any person would struggle to to build up any kind of form and consistency. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's any any coincidence. Since all that's changed, we've started to look a lot better. True, I quite like my job, the ability to not have to come in though. Some days though, <laughs> that might be nice. Um, in terms of Will Norris's position in the table, again, you've kind of just there um, talked about the benefits of the rotation, the consistency there. Um, we, let's not go too much into this because we've got. A, I think we've got a question about this. Okay. But um, Norris is kind of now the number one yes. in merit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he, than... he has the shirt. The team's playing well. Um, he had a, a wobble over Christmas with Pompey, Gillingham, and then rushing out for um, for the the Lincoln goal, you know, and the um, the other one where he got chipped as well at Wickham. But but since then he's part of the upturning form with the team and um, he, he was solid again yesterday. So I, I think the shirt is now is now his to lose. There's a wider debate, you know. Holy is our player and should we really be developing a, a Premier League goalkeeper for, for another Premier League side? But uh, at, 
at the minute he's got the shirt and it, it, it's up to him to lose it. Any chance that Norris signs even though he's got a year left on his contract? Well, they did say in that in the programme notes from Evans, they said that the likes of Garber and Norris had been bought in with a, with an intention possibly to, to look to sign them in the future. I'm guessing if he's a Premier League player, even as a probably a third-choice goalkeeper, that there's going to be a, a decent fee involved and probably different wa- decent wages involved. So... In reality, are we gonna are we gonna spend a decent sum on a goalkeeper? Probably not. But um, if he keeps playing the way he is, I, I wouldn't be too adverse to him to mm-hmm. him staying. Yep, good call. Um, a couple of bits of um, incidental news: uh, Under twenty threes beat Norwich. Um, yeah, I assume yeah. it wasn't the Norwich first team, but at least in the twenty threes couldn't beat can, Norwich. And the women beat them recently, so and we can beat yeah. them at different levels. That's we the just important don't need, thing. Yeah, just the senior men need to get their hacks together. Um, good news, I guess, is that Ben Morris was on the score sheet. Yeah. Um, Levi Ando, who's slowly becoming a cult hero, particularly for me and Mullet, um, also scored along with Harry Simpson. A couple of trialists in there. That's good. Um, I'm not going to get your opinion on there, apart from. Ben Morris getting back Great. into form is good Good news. Yeah, I'd like to see him go out on loan. I know he went to Forest Green last year and didn't really get a chance. So if we could get him out on loan to play for a few months, I think that could aid his development. Um, Brett McGavin was in that team as well. So clearly that um, air move is, is maybe not happening. Um, Corey and Darber also in there. So another player who's who needs to kind of find their mojo, don't they? Yeah, and there's a few need to go out on loan. You've got to get El Mazzuni and Dobra, you could argue. I think Lambert said recently he, he, he sees them as being, they could step into the first team to, to make up for injuries and form, but I'd quite like to see them go out and get some, some proper game time. Um, and in anticipation of tweets about this later on, it's just how women have either smashed Brantham ladies at the Brantham Leisure Centre um, in the FA Women's, um, I think it's the Suffolk FA Women's Cup, or... They've had an annoying replay, but I suspect that that might be like a 6 7 niller there. So congratulations in advance to them, um, or commiserations <laughs> for an annoying defeat. Um, finally in the news, something um, that we always like to mention, and particular interest this time around, Turnstile Blues is back for another edition. Um, the excellently priced £1 yep. Turnstile Blues. Um, the theme this time around is ITFC 2020, where are we now? Um, looking back at the state of the club, as we move into the next decade. Quite a coup for the guys. They've got an interview with Leo Neal, um, which I think is quite highly sought after. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what he's trying to achieve behind the scenes. Um, talks about identity, which is, again, something we've talked about, particularly on the field, um, and how we go about looking after younger players. This uh, analysis of um, how recent managers have been perceived by the fans and how it's turned out for them. Um, a look into... Um, how it would be more complicated for Marcus Evans to sell ITFC than people realise. Um, there's a guest writer, Richard Woodall, who looks at 20 sliding doors moments over the last 10 years. That sounds like a video that Richard Woodward of the Blue Monday podcast <laughs> might have done, but at least it wasn't fixed for the last 10 years. Um, He's done decade. 20, though, hasn't he, sir? Um, yeah, so twice as good, maybe. Mm. But um, you can find that sliding doors video on our, on our Blue Monday. And you can't, it's on Ben's, Blue Mon- on, uh, Ben's YouTube channel. Go and give that a look. But I'm sure Richard Woodall's uh, article will be very good. Um, there's a feature on the women's team, and there's also a feature about us as well. So Ben and Dave, I think, gave um, Matt making some time and um, talked about how we do the pod and. Uh, all the stuff behind the scenes, all the stuff in the green room and all the stuff. The magic. Uh, all the crap logistics that <laughs> you don't see for an hour before um, I start to record. So um, uh, so that'll be good. There's some more analysis on players who've played. So a good look. And and also something about Bagpuss as well. So if you're a child of the 80s or before, I think, um, then that might be for you. Um, the um, As I said, it's, it's one quid um, and you can get it around the ground from two o'clock, I think. There might be some stuff on eBay. Um, and if you are in the Greyhound, you may or may not catch the guys, but they have said to um, to buy it around the ground. So, um, yeah, we 
hang out with the Turnstile Blues guys quite a lot. With more, saw a couple of them yesterday. Um, always a good read. Yeah. Um, and, Highly recommended. Yeah, well, well considered articles as well. So that'd be good. So um, go and find the guys around Portman Road um, before the Lincoln game next week. That Grab is, me a copy, please. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else who needs a copy, um, give me a shout. No, don't. Um, let's move on to Tranmere. Let's bring things right up to date. Um, we, um, as I said, had a nice um, pre-match pint in the ship in Mitre. It was nice, wasn't it? It was like a relative home game for me. It's yeah. my closest one of the season. No driving. It's a, a mere hop on the train away, although you were quite angry with the train scenario because it has multiple stops. But um, it, was, mean, it wasn't Frankie and Benny's level of, of angriness, but I, I definitely saw a different side to him, so... This is like you're you're <laughs> witnessing online harassment and bullying everyone. This is this is two pods in a row now where I'm being accused of. Um, the captain and um, <laughs> and Mullet got us under the Mersey as well. Yeah. So thank you, thank to him you for yeah. the lift. Um, let's talk about Tranmere's form. Um, not good. Um, no wins um, since just before Christmas. And last time out, a nil nil draw away at Southend. I think any team that goes away That's with a draw at Southend <laughs> needs to be worrying about themselves. But that said, uh, whilst that was a pretty crappy draw for them at Southend, they did get that impressive um, three-all draw with Watford in the FA yeah. Cup where they came from 3-0 down and um, certainly a game of two halves there. There was due to be a replay for that fixture on Tuesday. And it's this on is Thursday, isn't it? This is Thursday. the drama that we now have is that game was postponed because the pitch was in terrible state and the weather was poor. And we had the kind of will it be on, will it be off... Um, with comments from um, the owners about what they were doing midweek. And um, we turn up on Saturday um, with a pitch inspection, <laughs> which might have been useful on a Friday afternoon. It was about but... three hours before kickoff as well, wasn't it? So they left it <laughs> They left it late. I mean, God knows what would have happened if they had actually said, oh, yeah, we can't do this. There'd have been a, an awful lot of annoyed people making U-turns on the... Uh... On the motorways. Yeah, less less of a problem for you, I guess. And yeah. I guess if you're in Liverpool, there's worse things to do than have a nice afternoon in Liverpool. Um, so certainly we're expecting the pitch to be difficult, which it was. Lots of sand, it yeah. turns out. Um, and I guess Tranmere is certainly keen to not um, have another postponement. Um, and certainly Ipswich, we don't want to be travelling to Tranmere oh, on Tuesday a Tuesday night. night. Um, the news for Ipswich then, this was a really interesting one. I want to get your thoughts here. Maybe some conspiracy theories that we can... Um, think about um, Caden Jackson, who missed out in completely for the Oxford game, is back in, um, comes back in scene. But James Norwood, um, yep. for the James Norwood derby against Tranmere, um, finds himself on the bench. What yep. is your um, reading on that situation, Seb? Well, he came off obviously about, was it 70, 70 minutes uh, in midweek? Didn't, didn't look injured at all. When the team news came out, I think we were all just absolutely shocked. I, I think Norris, pre-match in the in the press conference, said he couldn't shut him up all week. He was really looking forward to it. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe he was just far too excited. Uh, we, we've seen what happens when he gets himself too hot-headed and he, he can sort of lose, uh, lose his rag occasionally. Maybe he was just so up for it. Lambert thought, maybe I need to make a call here. With, with that pitch... And in my view, Jackson's been our best striker this season. So in that pitch, I would always have Jackson's pace there. I naturally assume Norwood would start alongside him. But but Keane did all right, I thought. And Keane's been in good form recently. Uh-huh. So it's it's quite good that if we if, if Norwood has to drop out, we know we're not we're not struggling for bodies in there and maybe playing judge as a, as a striker like we did earlier in the season. It's we've got a, a a ready-made replacement to come in in the shape of Will Keane. So we were all shocked. We were all surprised. Post-match, Lambert didn't really suggest he was injured. Just said he'd been off it a little bit recently. Um, he's our top scorer. Um, but I think, I think we were all, all pretty shocked at that one. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's, there's two bits that maybe um, I'll chip in on this one. I mean, there was, he's certainly had an injury earlier in the season and there's a case of being careful about that. And he obviously played a tricky 
game at Oxford, and I don't think has been in the team pretty much consistently over Christmas as well. So. But he has he has scored in recent games, doesn't he? You know, yeah. Bristol Rovers, Wickham, um, Accr- he scored against Accrington. Uh, yes, the mm-hmm. against Accrington. So he's been in form. So it was still it was still a surprise for me. And um, and maybe there's a bit of Lambert making a statement there. I'm the boss as well. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe I've, I've clearly um, no inside information on that. But I guess another surprise. Um, is uh, aside from that change, it's um, largely consistent selection again. Three five two, yeah. Um, and Emir Hughes, three mm. games in a row for Emir Hughes um, in a three-game week as well. That's good news. Well, we discussed it in the pub beforehand. We all thought, given the pitch and given the schedule, he would be the one to drop out. I thought Scoose might come in. I think you said you might thought Nolan might have come in. Um, so I was surprised when I saw him starting, but absolutely delighted. He's really starting to look the part now. Uh, he must have full confidence in, in his body again now and, and, and what he can do. And I think that's a great sign that he started all three games this week. Mm. Um, so it's uh, Nord who makes his way onto the bench. It's Dizel who drops out. Otherwise, consistent. It's not a pitch for Dizel that yesterday, was it? It's not, maybe, not a game maybe for um, Let's talk briefly about Tranmere. Um, I've already mentioned their form. Um, they Their system, I think, is similar to ours. Uh, it's a 3-5-2 with um, a midfielder off the strikers. Um, Scott Davies comes back in after a spell out um, injured. Um, in goal, he's also captain. Yep. Um, we'll talk about him. He's either, he, he was in goal at Portman Road, wasn't he? And had a... A bit of a shocker, yeah. Yeah, same guy, yeah. So, um, so maybe he, maybe he just doesn't like playing against us. But it wasn't a classic performance from him yesterday. Liam Rydell is um, one of the back three, along with Man Mountain. I think that's what you. I think you have to prefix his name with Man Mountain. Um, Manny Monte um, and Peter Clark, who I think is unknown from Fleetwood, is the back three. Kira Morris, David Perkins, Alex Woodyard, who's unknown from Peterborough, and Jake Caprice, who I think was probably their brightest player yep. yesterday on the right. Um, it's kind of the midfield forward. Neil Downs, another ex-Cole U, um, just behind the strikers, which are Connor Jennings and Morgan Ferrier. Um, on the bench, nothing of note. So let's not talk about it. Um, key moments, uh, I mean, the pitch was a factor um, straight from the off. Um, the fact it was on, I think probably in hindsight after the match, if we'd not won that game, I think we'd have been pretty peed off. Angry, that. yeah, very angry. I mean, it was it was the channels, wasn't it? There was all sand in the channels, um, but the, even the penalty box in the centre of the field was muddy and, and started to cut up. I remember very early on there was a long ball played forward to the uh, uh, the end we were attacking, and the ball just hit the ground in that sort of sand trap and just didn't move. It didn't mm. bounce. It didn't do anything. So once you saw that, you started to think, okay, this could be a bit of a. Uh, it's it's not going to be a day for pretty football. You have to play to the conditions and uh, and um, yeah. I mean, to, to an extent, it, it's helpful. I mean, <laughs> it's not helpful at all, let's be honest. You'd rather have a proper surface. Yeah. Um, but there are instances where punted balls into the channels will hold up more. Yeah. Where on a, on a slick, you know, pristine surface would bounce out. So that's, a, that, I guess, if you're looking for any kind of positives. Yeah, and we saw it a few times, didn't we? I and think Hughes work. played a few into the channels yeah. and it held up nicely for Jackson to run onto. So I guess, yeah, in that respect, there was a, a mini advantage. But um, overall, it, was a, it wasn't a great pitch at all, was it? I guess my, um, my observation of how Ipswich went about it, and I, and I guess it's to be lauded, was that we probably gave the pitch a little bit too much trust. I think we tried to play our, you know, the, the, the type of passing game that we've, we've started to establish over the last few weeks. Yes. And maybe on a, maybe another team might have gone a little bit more direct, perhaps. Yeah. But I thought at least we gave it a go on that pitch, um, and for the most part in the first half, with the far the better team. Yeah. Um, the first proper effort comes on sixty minutes. Um, Judge and Hughes kind of work themselves an opening. It's Hughes who has the shot from the angle. Um, it's at Davis, but he spills it. Um, and 
Um, but no one is there to kind of um, no tie up the up, rebound. Yeah. And I think Chambers has a shot a few moments later that he kind of shanks out right um, wide. Um, 24, this is a, a good opportunity um, that um, Keane is going to have. Um, it's a good attack down the right. We've, uh, again, we're going to keep mentioning this because it's really important and it's a real um, factor behind the consistent selections, these these um, partnerships. Yes, um, Harry's covalent bonds. And in this instance, it's a kind of a covalent trio. I don't think that's such a thing. So apologies for the chemists who are... Um, listening to the pod, but it's um, I think it's Jackson Hughes and Edwards who are combining lovely little incisive players. As I said, we're trying to play football here. Um, the ball ends up with Edwards in space on the right-hand side. He gets a cross in. It's kind of spooned up from the defender. Garber hits a kind of a volley into the ground here. Um, Keane chests it up in the air and Seb... It just takes too long to come down, doesn't it? A little bit, but what would you expect him to be doing here? What, uh, what he did, um, which you can tell us about now, or something else? Because he's facing away from goal, isn't he? He's yeah, yeah. Goal. So he goes for the overhead kick, obviously, the sort of spectacular, but it takes too long to come say, down. Obviously. And he gets, he gets, well, but obviously he goes for the overhead he, kick. He gets no power at all behind it. Um, I assume, you, I guess ideally you want to bring it down and sort of pass it to somebody running in to, to get a strike on goal. I, I can't remember if anybody was running in, but it was a it was a half chance, you know. It was a, it was good build-up play, but um, the overhead kick, just lack power and it dribbled easily through to the keeper. 32 minutes though, uh, Dominic Ipswich are going to go behind um, and there's all kinds of wrong in this goal. Yeah. Um, I think it's Caprice versus Garbutt down our left. Um, there's a throw in that um, Caprice wins. I think we think he takes it and throws it off the pitch. He does, yeah. And, and rather than the referee give the f- either the goal kick or yeah. give it as a foul throw that he we makes, would then yeah. take, he gives... Him another chance. Yes, yeah, bizarre. We then steam in and foul him. Yeah, and it's a free kick out on the um, our right hand side. And Seb, it's Caprice who's going to swing in and tell us the inevitable that's going to happen. So I don't know if we switched off or if the you know we were still trying to work out what happened with the throw in. Um, it should be mentioned at this point as well. For some reason, five hundred Ipswich fans start chanting "Going down, going down, going down." I'm not really sure why you do that when you're about to face an offensive free kick, but. Uh, Garbutt fouls the man. The ball comes in. It's a really nice ball into the box, to be fair. Um, and the the man mounting um, just heads it home. He looks like he's unmarked. When you look it back on the replay, it seems to me he does give Chambers a shove in the back, uh, which would explain why afterwards Norris and Chambers especially were going crazy at the referee. Um, but, the, you know, he, he's the tallest guy on the team. I noticed that from they did switch after that. Chambers didn't pick him up again in the uh, for corners and whatnot after that. I think it went to Emir Hughes, if I remember rightly. So uh, maybe he just had the beating of Chambers on that occasion. But to me, it looked like a push in the back and you, you want your ref to be strong there. He's he's messed up with the throw-in. He's given them a second bite of the cherry. The free kick is a lovely delivery, to be fair, but we shouldn't be conceding a goal like that. It's, it's basic stuff, you know, clear your lines. Chambers, with his experience, you'd expect him to uh, to get the ball clear, which is why, again, I think he was I think he was fouled in the uh, in the build-up to the goal. And there's a booking for Norris, and I, who well, I think is pointing to the, the throw-in. side, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so he's really unhappy still about the throw-in. Um, the ref made him throw it. He was the player that had to throw the ball back for the, the second bite of the cherry for the <laughs> yeah. throw-in. The guy throws it out, Norris gets the ball for the goal kick, and the referee is telling him to send it back to the, the Tranmere player. So he's already irked at that, and then I guess he's probably seen the push on Chambers, the little nudge on Chambers. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not really obvious. He's not, he's not doing that and sending him across the, the penalty box. It's just a little, just before the ball hits him on the head, and I guess Norris is, is, is further angry by that. And, and talks himself into a, into a booking. Um, 38 minutes. So Ipswich um, kind of rally a little bit. We, we, we keep getting back to the kind of passing um, approach, which, and as, as I said, is kind of um, nice to see, but again, on the pitch, um, maybe maybe not the best of tactics. But um, there's a really good chance here for Tramba. We know, we know that Ipswich of late have had issues with um, when they go behind in matches mm. getting back. Yeah. 
Um, and um, this could have been 2-0. It's, it's Woodyard, who I think is, is basically un, unattended in midfield, runs forwards. Um, it's Peter Clark, the defender, um, the 37, 38-year-old defender who's on the edge of the Ipswich area. He receives the ball, spins, and actually gets a shot that is only narrowly wide. I, I thought it was post. in. I thought it was in. We're the other side of the goal, aren't we? Yeah. Um, quite close in, and that looked in, and that would have been... Um, yeah, harsh on Ipswich, but... Very harsh on Ipswich, Bill. That would have been a big thing to come back from, you know, five minutes before half-time or whatever it is on that kind of pitch. You, if that had gone in, you'd start to think, oh, God, here we go. It's going to be another, you know, another Accrington. But um, thankfully, that was, a, that was our let-off. Mm. And, and that's the action I've got for the remainder of the first half. I think the general feeling is uh, the scoreline didn't reflect the match. No, play, played well in the first half, knocked it about nicely. Uh, we had the Hughes effort on target, the Keane overhead effort. So there, there were efforts on goal. And I think even though at half-time we were 1-0 down, I didn't sense any real you know, panic or anger or anything. I think there was a, a general consensus that if we kept playing the way we'd done it in the first half, and especially with the likes of you know, game changers on the bench, Teddy Bishop, James Norwood, there was a, a pretty good chance that we'd, uh, we'd be okay and come back into it in the second half. What, what we did say was that we all felt a goal in the first five, ten minutes was, was crucial. Yes. The longer it went on, we would have started to see all the, uh, all the tactics, you know, the ball boys taking their time and all that kind of stuff would be going on. So it was crucial we got the early goal. We, we weren't that concerned at half-time. Yep, I think the yeah definitely re- worth reiterating the conversation about getting the early goal. Um, let's kick off the second half with no changes. It, I mean, it's not a huge amount to talk about. Definitely um, a similar intent from Ipswich yep. um, to play and to attack. If there's a few crosses in here for for Jackson and Edwards that don't really turn up for much, and then suddenly Ipswich are back in the match, yep. and this is a lovely goal. Yeah, good goal. Um, and Keener is down um, the town left. Lovely little build-up again. Um, Keen kind of angles a ball into Garbutt, who's running in. And Seb, you can take it from here. Lovely delivery by Garbutt. You know, we've seen it so many times. He's really, really good at getting the ball in, uh, in dangerous areas, sort of whipped at pace. And, and Downs just, just makes a late run. He's completely unmarked. He makes a late run into the box. The near post area heads it home and, and everybody goes crazy. It was a really, really well-worked goal. And it was deserved because, like you said, we'd started the second half. We had a few crosses. Jackson got in a few times and, and fizzed the ball across the, uh, the six-yard box and whatnot. So it was a really good, uh, a really good goal at, at a pretty crucial time. And, and well done by Flynn Downs second goal of the season isn't it and second header of the season it was a header against Shrewd with that diving header wasn't it right at the end of the Ooh, game yeah. so he, he's becoming a really really important I, I guess at the end we'll talk about the standout performers but he was, he's becoming a really really important player for us he, he played well yesterday fully deserved that goal and to make that run from late was, was, was reminiscent in the pub we were talking about goal scorers from midfield weren't we you know mm. saying what we'd give for a Tommy Miller to make those late runs and that's exactly what we got with him well done to him and Garber again I mean this is the perfect cross oh yeah and, and, and also don't forget you know the pitch we keep mentioning it he, he's, he's playing that ball in basically on, he's on sand so uh, he's done really really well there and his you know his assists and his delivery is, is absolutely superb and please God, let's hope we, we, we sign him. If we, if we go up, let, let's get him in because he, he's a, a very decent player. And the cross is so good that Flynn Downs just has to be there Yeah, and get something on the ball. Yeah, he's so. not far out at all. Is he gets something on the ball and it's 1-1 it's, it's one, one and here we go. 65 minutes then. So there's, there's the Ipswich equaliser, but again, a lack of maybe clear-cut chances. Again, intent certainly. 
um, but maybe not too much work for Davies and Gold. Bishop on for Judge. Do you want to talk about Judge? Didn't really feature too much yesterday. No, not really. He's played well recently um, in his favoured number 10 position. But yesterday he did struggle to get into the game. Um, I don't know if that was you know the pitch, the schedule. I'm not sure, but he just he, he struggled to get in the game. But, but the great thing is now, as opposed to maybe three or four months ago, when you, you're looking at the bench and thinking, who can I bring on to replace him? You've got a, a you know a returning to fitness Teddy Bishop to come on. And, and when he came on, I have to say, he, he was absolutely superb. So mm. it's great that we've got this competition for places now if something's not working we do have the ability to, to change things out yeah and bishop is gonna um, have a real impact actually um, yeah dribbling as well positive dribbling wins quite a few fouls um there's a booking on 71 minutes from man mounted manny monte um who can't he's he, just bishop's too quick for him he's just too good for him yeah he's gone isn't he and he gets the booking yeah. 72 minutes though this is the kind of uh, this is i guess if you're looking for a nice narrative this is it. Norwood, who has been warming up vigorously, I think is the word, and looking longingly at Paul Lambert um, <laughs> for a substitute appearance, is going to be introduced. Is a mixed reception from the Tramier fans. Yeah, I mean, he was out warming out in the first half, and as he was running down the line, you know, he was getting all the applause and stuff, like like you would expect. But then when he came on, there were a, a small smatterings of boos, weren't there? I, mm. I, I don't know. Are they unhappy that he, he, he perceived to abandon them, obviously? I, I don't know. Um, I think if you're a, a true fan... You wouldn't deny him that move to a you know a top end club with a you know financially now he'll be he'll be set for life and for what he did you would assume he'd get a a great round of applause so I was surprised at the few boos but it it didn't really bother him did he I think the first thing he did was go and take out one of their players so yeah. it didn't really bother him in the slightest I was I was just surprised we, we've seen legends come back to Portland Road you know Marcus Stewart when he came back with Sunderland I mean he got like a standing ovation and whatnot didn't he so I I, I was surprised at the boos but but it, modern day football you're comparing Johnson and Norwood uh, uh, Stewart and Norwood I should say. Well, well, no, you know, in, in terms of what they've done for clubs and returning to... Yeah. to, to... I'm only staring. <laughs> I'm only staring. Um, 73 minutes, um, Edwards crossing for Jackson. It's kind of two bites of this, but the defence um, get the better of it. Ipswich definitely starting to ramp up the pressure here. A lot of possession in the Tramere half. Um, Tramere having very few attacks board, forays board, yeah. if I'm going to be um, writing something. Um, 77, Scoos on for Hughes. Nice rhyming couplet there. Um Hughes, another solid performance, another one where he's been more combative maybe than creative. Yeah, I don't think he, if he hadn't been booked, I don't think he'd have got subbed. I think it was purely based on that decision. He, he got booked and he had a couple after that where he'd left the leg in and took the player and he was, you could sense he was getting a bit frustrated. So I, I get the impression one more foul from mm. him and the ref would have would have probably sent him off. So it's a, a, a sensible decision. I guess you could argue, would, should it have been Nolan who's, Perhaps more progressive and more of a of a goal threat coming on for uh, uh, for Hughes, but Skoos, you know, decent campaign, uh, decent old campaigner, experienced, and to be fair, has a has a role in the goal. Yes, more of that in a second. Yeah, so um, there's a, a in the build up. I think just beforehand, there's a, a brilliant run from Bishop, who is is just got a turn of pace that takes him away from everyone. And Woodyard is, I think, the the tracking midfielder who comes back and just kind of shoulders him out of the way. I think. Possibly it's a bit soft, but I think definitely big shouts for an Ipswich Town free kick or penalty. I think it was outside the box. Wasn't Just it? I outside, think. I yeah, think. Yeah. Similar to the Wickham penalty <laughs> other way round that yeah. shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, and the ball falls to Edwards, who crosses into Jackson. He's unmarked, but heads wide of goal. We see Norwood kind of miss these kind of headers as yeah. well under no pressure. But Jackson is not going to be out of the headlines for too long. 79 minutes. You've mentioned it already. Cole Scoose mm-hmm. calmly, is the word I've used here, strokes the ball through to Norwood. Yep. Yeah. 
And this is great for Norwood, isn't it? Superb. It's a beautifully weighted ball um, over the top. And Jackson with his pace is onto it. Keeper comes out a little bit. Jackson. There was, there was some debate. We weren't sure if Jackson was trying to knock it over him to take it round and then score. But he uh, he gets there first. Dinks it over the keeper. We're sort of <laughs> start celebrating. And the ball thankfully drops in the net. And it's, it's fully, fully deserved. Um, people are on the pitch um, who later get, get put out by the, uh, the stewards and the police. Everybody's going crazy. But what a lovely ball through from Norwood. Mm. You know, I guess if you didn't want to score against his old side getting an assist is a, is, a, is a really good sort of second second prize it's a beautifully weighted ball Jackson doesn't have to do anything he can take it in his stride with his pace dink over the keeper 2-1 fully deserved based on the performance and we all start going crazy yeah and uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one from Jackson as you say uh, at the time it definitely felt like he I'm not sure he meant to shoot. Yeah, I think I think he was trying to take it over the keeper or round the keeper and then slot it home. But either way, it's a lovely finish. Let's, it is. And he, let's he, give him the benefit. Of the doubt. And he deserved it because he played. He didn't stop running all mm. game. Did he? he was running the channels even in those sand pits and all that mud and etc. He really, really put a shift in, and he, he fully deserved that. And like I said earlier, I, th- I think he's been our best striker this season. Yeah, and to be fair, after this Ipswich um, see the game out with with, with minimal fuss actually. Yeah. Um, Eighty two minutes. Jackson has another chance. He again. It's. Direct and quick running, um, he gets in between the two defenders um, and tries a shot from the near post, which is going to take some um, beating or it takes some striking to beat the keeper at the near post. Yeah. Um, but he has to make the save anyway, Davis. Um, and that's really it. I mean, there's five minutes of injury time. There is some excellent shit housing going on by Norwood in particular yeah. to yeah. keep the ball up in the tranmere half um, in the corner flag. Um, we're kind of taking short rows. We're doing all. Yeah, kinds and of Norris is quite good as well at the old time wasting without making yeah. it look obvious. You know, as a, Life I guess he's a, but yeah, a bit experienced. You know, so uh, we saw it out. I mean, they had a free kick, but it, it was pretty straightforward, straight at Norris. So yeah, we saw it out without too many, without too many issues. Five minutes of injury time, but it, it didn't really feel like you know this is a really long five minutes. We're hanging on. It was, mm. it was all pretty comfortable. Yeah, the free kick um, is, I think, almost right at the end of the of, of injury time. And to be fair, it's an incident where I shouted "foul the man" because we we do yeah. the kind of shit housing in the, yeah. in, the in our corner, um, right up in the tramway half, and the ball breaks free and it, it goes from right to left very quite quickly, um, and someone should be pulling a shirt or tripping someone yeah. over there and keeping it up there. But um, nevertheless, the free kick from Molly Banks is straight at Norris. Um, no drama in the last minute, and a well deserved in the end two one victory for Ipswich. Who's your? You mentioned already. Who's your standout players? Seb? Uh, Downs and Jackson um, mm-hmm. with a, a nod to Teddy Bishop. I thought he was excellent. Yeah. He came on as well, but but I think Downs. I'd give the man of the match to. I thought he was immense. Deserved his goal. He was everywhere. Um, he's been off off form, off the ball, maybe a little bit in the last few games, but I thought he was absolutely superb yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Jackson did not stop running. His pace gives us a real, real outlet, and he fully deserved his goal as well. Yeah, I'm going to make a mention of James Wilson, who I think yeah. is is. Uh, doing some really unsung defending that is it's not going to be pretty or attractive or exciting he's not going to maybe start attacking moves like we've seen Wolfen and um, galloping forward it's the word I'm going to keep using this galloping galloping um, but Wilson is kind of this is, is mopping everything up he's, he's not taking any risks He's making sure that the attacks that when um, teams break against us don't culminate in anything um, and I think it's been a really kind of useful foundation that we've built on um, so I'd give I'd give a nod to James Wilson yeah um, Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. 
for about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Let's do some questions, Seb. Yeah, go for it. Um, Let me see if I can even find the tweet, which I did set up, and then open the app and it disappears. Excellent. Um, Plenty of variety on these questions as well. Um, Let's do it off here. Um, We're going to talk about this very briefly. We've got another weird kind of Paul Lambert post-match press conference to talk about which I think we don't want to make too much of I think I've it's the risk is that we read too much into post-match comments which may or may not have any agenda or may just be you know they they are often said you know within a few you know sometimes within a few minutes of the the game where the emotion is running high as well so I think that's got to be taken into account so um Rob Crabwalk asks us, um, he's quoted this bit um about the criticism that Lambert's team got and people went over the top um they haven't got a clue what's going on um, uses the word idiots, which I think is always potentially inflammatory. Um, and uh, Rob asks us, when do you think Lambert's equivalent of McCarthy's F off at Norwich is going to come? Um, do you think that Lambert is a little bit defensive on the criticism? Because we've talked about this being um, reasonable and potentially there's players who have given criticism at this Lincoln meeting yep. that have then culminated in changes in the way we've played. Do you read much into these post-match press conferences now, Seb, or do you think Lambert is a little bit prickly about it still? I think he's a bit prickly. I think a bit like Mick, I guess he might feel a bit underappreciated maybe. Um, When he's referring to the idiots, you assume he's referring to the people that are saying, stop changing the team every week, stop... Yeah, the idiots like us who talk about it for an hour on a a Sunday morning. I'm I'm guessing he's... Yeah, he'll be referring to the people that are telling him, you know, rotation doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. But as we've seen, the rotation has stopped and and the results have improved. So that kind of... doesn't, Doesn't that prove the idiots maybe had, had a point I don't know I, I think a bit like Mick this is always going to be just about under the surface and every now and again we're going to see it going to see it come out so expect more of it um, but hopefully not to the not to the level of Mick at Norwich yeah. expect more of it but I think maybe don't get excited about it yeah it? I think it'll become the the new normal um, Giles Gooding is um, super keen that we talked to Teddy Bishop about a new contract. We did some digging on this, didn't we? Yeah, he's, still got plenty of time to go. He signed one the day of the Norwich game last year, the Norwich Carrow Road game, and that was till next summer, so May 2021, with an option. So yeah. in reality, he's got two and a half years left. So um, I, I wouldn't worry about a new contract just yet. Let's just get him fit, get him in the side, because as we saw yesterday, he is a potential game changer and a, a potential winner. Yeah, we've got. I mean, we've got a couple of questions on this as well, but a lot of people were impressed yesterday with. Um, Bishop's return. Um, Dommy Boy, 79, and Justin Grimwood um, 
has Bishop done enough to earn himself a start? Um, Dommy says Bishop or Judge in the number 10 spot for the next game, question mark. Um, what's your thoughts? Are you... I, I'd still have Judge. Judge has played yeah. well in recent weeks. It would be very harsh to suddenly drop him. And also, you've got to bear in mind, Bishop is coming back off another long-term injury. It's not going to be really fair to throw him in at the deep end. But like I said earlier, it's, it's great to have that option. So mm-hmm. if Judge is struggling at the 60-minute mark and, and, and struggling to get into the game, you know, you've got this player you can bring on who can, who can change things. But for now, it'd be harsh to drop Judge. Um, Dale Ellis, um, Darren McAntony tweeted he will step down <laughs> if Peterborough don't make the playoffs. That is true. We saw it with our own eyes. Yeah. Um, Peterborough on a terrible run of form. We'll come back to that in the roundup. Um, he asked, Dale asks, who you think will be in the top six? Uh, well, obviously, I'd like. I think Rotherham will now make a concerted put, effort for the league the, uh, table up for you. You so can do. You I, I think Rotherham will, be, will, will remain up there now. I expect Wickham and probably Oxford to drop out, and I expect Portsmouth and I still think Doncaster might have a decent shot of the top six. So, if I was making predictions now, uh, I'd think Rotherham and hopefully us for the top two. And in the playoffs, I'd expect to see Cov, Sunderland, Portsmouth, and probably someone like Doncaster making a late a late surge. Some of the teams now are starting to hit form. You know, Sunderland, Portsmouth are starting to come into it a little bit more, and it will start to, like we said, even in recent weeks, it will really, really start to tighten up now. Yeah, well, give us your thoughts on the Twitter about that one. Um, I think you know, as we said in previous week, there's anywhere down maybe to even thirteenth potentially. Bristol Rovers, who have had the kind of post Graham Coughlin slump that we yeah. expected. And it's, it's only five points, so, you know, in one of these three-game weeks, it could, it could all change change massively. Yeah. I guess anywhere down to Lincoln City, I think. And Lincoln are in good form as well. More on that later. Dave Gort. Um, there's, there's two angles to this. There's another question which I'm going to see if I can find. I'll read Dave's out and you can be thinking about it. Um, why... Um, was this why Lambert used the cup competitions um, and rotated as he did up to Lincoln? Now all of our squad are up to similar fitness levels without any tiring coming into it. Um... Guys coming in are now up to speed with a dis- decent amount of match practice and fitness for the running. So that's one angle on the kind of rotation debate that maybe it's we're yep. now seeing um, the fruits of that labour. But James Houston asks, how many points would we be topped by if Lambert had settled on a system from the start of the season? Um, on a serious note, how much credit should Lambert get for picking a system that gets the best out of key players? You're kind of... There's two angles to that question, those two questions, but yeah. What's yeah, so the, the big benefit of all the rotation and whatnot, I guess, is Hughes. Um, he's now able, because of his cup games and his you know here and there fleeting appearances in the league, he's now able to play three games on the bounce and he's turning into a really, really big player for us. With regards to, uh, I guess, Wilson as well, actually. You know, Wilson, I assumed when he signed, would simply play the Burton game and then it would be pretty much Wolfenden and Chambers in a back four for the, for the rest of the season. But again, you could argue his appearances and, uh, and his, his cup games and whatnot have put him in a decent position now to, to cement the central position in, in that back three. With regards to the start of the season, I mean, it, it was 4-4-2 for the first, was it the first month, the first six weeks maybe, before it started changing? And let's not forget, we were top of the league with a seven-point gap, I think, to third at one point with the game in hand and whatnot. So he was settled at the start of the season. It just started to go awry when he started to, when the EFL game started coming. But I guess he has to have some credit. He's worked out how to get our best players onto the pitch in a, in a settled formation. And now, since Lincoln, with the minimal personnel changes week in, week out, hopefully we'll start to see some, uh, um, some improved form. Benjamin Arier asks, we, we talked about the teams for the top six and, and trying to gun for promotion. Ben asks, with the current squad, how would we fare in the championship? Surely we've improved since last year. And I qualified that. I get gotten to qualify whether he means this season or last. He means this season. Okay. Where do you think, I mean, it's a punt, it's a hypothetical, yeah, yeah. but how, how good do you think this team, let's talk about the team that we are now yep. as opposed to 
maybe early in the season or doing the championship. So. I don't think we should kid ourselves. I, I couldn't see a, a Sheffield United, Southampton, Norwich scenario where we just bounce through the leagues. I think we would still be struggling in the bottom third because that's what our, you know, that's what our wage bill and whatnot dictates. Um, we spoke about it at length earlier in the season. If we can go up with a recognised identity and a recognised style, it will put us in good stead next year. And some of the players will be a lot more confident. I mean, Jackson last year did struggle, but to be fair, he'd come from League Two to the Championship as one of half a new team. It was just too big of a, of a step up. I think with a full season at this level, the likes of him, Hughes, Bishop, the ones that have struggled in, in recent years, um, would, would, would make the step up. Not, not look easy, but look a lot more comfortable than they did this time last year. So I think we'd still be bottom third, um, but I'd like to think now, with this squad there'd be enough to get out of to get out of a relegation battle yeah I think the chat we've had so far is the goal scorers maybe there's the big question mark about yeah, whether they score I, I think we Keaton's would, good enough I guess yeah and Sears is proven at that level you know I know he played a lot of games out on the wing but when he's played up front he has scored goals in the championship obviously look if we were to go up we would need reinforcements that goes without saying but um, the players that were bought in by Hurst in, in 2018 the struggle to make the step up I think would find it easier this time round having played at this level for a year and, and sort of a bit of experience about what it's all about um, Mullet asks, would you rather be a hipster <laughs> or a prima donna? Prima donna. Um, and it's worth qualifying that this is a conversation that we kicked off in the pub yesterday about what makes you a football hipster. And I think certainly listening to the Blue Monday podcast certainly qualifies. We talked about having subscriptions to yeah. When Saturday Comes and Mundial Magazine and having football books about tactics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think we'll do a, a thread there. There's definitely a, some, there's a video option or something there. <laughs> um, and Mullet, I think, certainly would be right up there in terms of the ICFC football hipsters. Um, morning to you, Mullet. Um, he actually asked, with the impressive performances from Downs, Bishop and Jackson, um, is uh, this the renaissance or just the end of a sketchy period courtesy of rubbish opposition uh, hopefully it's the start of the of the renaissance um, it has been a, a dodgy period but we've now had one two three four decent league performances on the balance Wickham Accrington Oxford and this one so you'd like to think this is now the start of a, of a real surge of form coming into the, the home straight mm. um, Tim Pashley our mate Tim hello Tim um, has the goal down heads down mentality been banished after yesterday it's a factor it was yeah absolutely we would concede and you'd start to think to yourself well we're never going to get back into it we were at, were at Portsmouth and we always thought once we conceded the goal we, we couldn't see a way of getting back into the game yesterday they just kept doing what they were doing after the first half performance plugging away playing well and, and hopefully with the, with the settled side and whatnot the, the mentality is a bit stronger Lincoln ironically the 5-3 Lincoln game is three goals from behind isn't it and that one yeah. as well so I think maybe Timmy Wright there's definitely I mean last season we saw it didn't we last season oh, we, we were gone we, we scored once we were gone and we weren't, we weren't hard to score against at all were we so mm. we, that was just a if, if a team scored in the first 10 minutes against us last year it was going to be a case of how many is it going to be not a case of us getting back into it whereas this year hopefully we're starting to show a bit more a bit more steel bottle yeah um, Jason um, always starts with a compliment hello Jason incredible show as always um, let's not count our chickens Jason on this one um, looking at the through ball from North to Jackson what are your thoughts in terms of playing him behind uh, in the number 10 behind the front two based uh, on the opposition goal rather than having his back to it Maybe Keane as well. I mean, Keane for me is the the better option for the number ten role. Norwood's really good at bringing other people into play with you know touches and chest offs and whatnot. But for me, in that number ten role, you can't have that sort of that aggressive niggly attitude that he has um, when he's up front. I think he'd lose that hustle and bustle. So Keane, I could think doing it. He's very good with the ball to feet and very good at bringing others into play. But for me, Norwood would have to remain an out and out striker. Okay, um, and Keane, 
made of that number 10? Yeah, like I said yesterday, I think I discussed it at some point with you. I think we were saying, what could we do to change things? And we both agreed Judge wasn't having his best game. We did discuss maybe Norwood on for Judge and drop Keane in just behind. Um, he's a bit like McGoldrick. You know, he'll drop deep. He's good with the ball to feet and he'll look to bring others into play. Uh, I, I could see him doing that role quite comfortably because he is a very good footballer, let's be honest. And football hipsters love um, Will Keane. They do. Um, Arthur Pickthorn, again, uh, interesting flavour to questions here. We've talked about Norris at the start, so I'm going to bring this question back. We've had quite a few tweets and questions about changing the configuration about the team, which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I guess these are subtle alterations as opposed to... Wholesale changes. Three, yeah. five, two, yeah. down again. Um, Arthur says, um, is the continued selection of Norris being justified? The fact that Holly is our player has maybe set people against Norris from the start. So I don't know which side of the debate Arthur is on. Maybe he's supporting Norris there. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, there was, in my opinion, Holly didn't do anything to justify being dropped. I don't think he made any real ricks or any real clangers. So that, that came out of the blue back in October, whenever it was. Norris did make mistakes um, against Wickham, against Lincoln. But the last few games, he's, he's, he's looked solid. If there is an option to sign him and it's based on you know game time and whatnot, then, then, then yeah, play him. He's in the team now. The team's playing well. He's got the shirt. I think he'll probably remain the number one for the rest of the season, barring some almighty cock-up or, or suspension. Yeah, and, and injury is also something that we can... Always count on yeah. being not too far away at Ipswich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dom Keeble, um, I think this question end, ended up being answered by stat, um, but I just thought I'd make um, draw attention to it. How long has it been since we did the double over someone? It was the first time this season, I think, yesterday against Tranmere. Um, before today, the last time was uh, Reading. Yeah, the 4-0 the and the, was it 2-0 about Christmas time at Portman Road in mixed last year mm. and then the 4-0 in Brian Klug's caretaker role. So that's crazy, isn't it? You're talking a whole year last year and half a year this year with not doubling a team but yeah. I guess that's why we are where we are yeah and and again similar to kind of Tim's point about um, psychology and motivation and mentality yeah. good to see that we start ticking these kind of these stats kind of thing uh, things along um, let's end with this one we talked about this um, on Wednesday as well um, let me find a question um, Glory Days artwork um, worth a follow at art mm. what is it art days um, does some really great Ipswich Town kind of artwork and cartoon stuff. Um, what's the worst pitch you've ever seen? I'm I'm too young to remember the era of awful pitches week in, week out. So for me, it has to be the infamous Birmingham one. We, we discussed it quite a lot yesterday about how they put the hot air blowers on it and whatnot in that cup semi-final. But uh, for, for me, that was the worst, how that game was, was played. I, <laughs> I don't know. I appreciate it was 19 years ago, whatever it was now, but uh, it was it, that pitch was absolutely ridiculous. And uh, yesterday, thankfully, was nowhere near that level, but it was still not great for a, a professional a professional match. We were trying to call, recall yesterday, that I think there was a game last season where we played, I think, or maybe the season before, it was Blackpool or something like that. I think that was yeah, we were discussing that, weren't we, in the pub? Where they relayed the pitch straight Afterwards, after yeah. playing us. Um, I th- the worst pitch that um, I think I've ever seen was our pitch in the 95-96s, <laughs> and that was a shocker. And obviously won us a Dar- East Anglian derby. Yeah, yeah, it? the Allathorne own goal. And Although Lambert said after the game yesterday when they asked him about probably happy to get back to Portman Road he said our pitch wasn't great at the minute so yeah. you might get there on Saturday and find out that's, that's not great either um, yeah Chrissy Kit Day um, also suggests the Birmingham one I think that's, yeah, yeah. that's probably one of the most famous ones it's always the most memorable isn't it because it caused an own goal it caused Richard Wright to miss that kick and it was a cup semi-final so that's the one that sticks in the sticks in the mind um, lots of questions about um, Lambert's post-match lots of questions about um, points to get in the playoffs sorry to track to boy P I, saw, I just saw your question about Judge and Bishop as well um, 
But I think we'll probably come back to that point. I think it's still really early, and you know, we've kind of covered the top six, your predictions for that. So Yeah, um, I don't think it's going to be a high one this year. I mean, last year it was quite high, wasn't it? Barnsley and um, and, and Luton finished really... Were they high mid-90s, maybe? I, I don't think it'll be that high at all. Mm. I think 80 might get you promoted automatically um, and sort of anything down to 70... Maybe maybe even seventy points for for sort of six places. It's not going to be a high one. I don't, I don't think. On the uh, just one, often end on this one. Um, just a, kind of an extension on the pitch question. Jack Barham, do you think if the pitch was better, we'd have dominated the game and won three or four nil? Um, yeah, in theory, we were playing really really well, um, but Tramia sort of wanted to use it as a leveler, didn't they? But thankfully, didn't. Didn't work. Didn't throw any spanners in the works. Thankfully, indeed. Well, let's go through the um, the rest of the um, scores in League One yesterday. Some interesting scores. You've already mentioned some teams coming to some good form, but one yeah. team that is, who are not in good form are Peterborough. Oh, I thought they played um, Bolton. Oh, oh man. What's going on? Um, they are, they a defeat away at AFC Wimbledon yesterday, 1-0. Um, good news for Southend, a win for Southend yeah. um, away at Accrington. Which Keeping is, Bolton at bay. Uh, Accrington and no mugs, etc., um, etc. Et um, Bolton, though, um, they in their kind of battle with Southend to not be the bottom <laughs> team. Um, Portsmouth it is who are victors there, which is I guess is no surprise. Donny, who are on decent form, but Coventry on better form, is a 1-0 Win for Cov, yeah, Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, um, that's a two-all draw there. Gillingham, Oxford, one-all there. Gillingham, we know, are kind of a tough team to break down. Um, Oxford um, on a little bit of a stumble after some good form previously before Christmas. Um, Lincoln, got excellent home form. I'll talk about their away form in a bit. Um, one-nil win over Blackpool, who were kind of trying to be in the hunt. One team who are also now in the picture now. Um, Sunderland, who beat MK Dons away. Yeah, they've, obviously they appointed um, the new manager and they were about down as far as 13th, I think, at one point, and they just hit a decent run of form, and suddenly, they're sort of the one team, you know, if we were to finish third, God forbid, on the last day of the season, and they finish sixth, they're probably the one team you wouldn't want to face in the playoffs, and that's going to be a really, really big game in three, three four weeks' time, whenever it is, that's, mm. going, to be, that's going to be a big one. Um, Rotherham, 3-0 day over Bristol Rovers, we mentioned Bristol Rovers on a bit of a slide, um, but Rotherham, Rotherham are looking good. great run of form at the moment, and Wickham, out of jail, 94th <laughs> minute penalty yeah. for them, um, which turn around their kind of <coughs> losing and drawing streak. Um, so the table at the moment, Rotherham and Wickham are, are kind of tied on 47 points. Rotherham on a great run of form, five consecutive wins. Wickham um, have turned around their losing and drawing run yesterday. That was definitely timely for them. Yeah, and um, we're, at, we're at the New York Stadium in a week on Tuesday, aren't we? Yeah, that's Tuesday night big. game, that's going to be a big game. Massive. Um, Coventry are behind us in fourth on 44 points. They have game in hand. Uh, which actually, if they win, I don't know who it's against. We'll probably find that as we go through. Maybe not. Um, would take them actually joint um, top, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so um, definitely Coventry in a good position there. Oxford are fifth on 41 with Sunderland also on 41. And Pompey on 41 just outside as well. So there is a real kind of, this compression is still happening. Yeah. But now there are big teams that we predicted. The ones you expect, the slow the start starters. Of the season. Yeah, they Rotherham, are, Sunderland, Portsmouth. Around, yeah. aren't they? So um, it's going to be an interesting few months ahead. But if we keep winning... Win the home games, Seb. You know, we've talked well, about nine out of 13 or whatever it was. Ben yeah, was when Ben brought it up, I think he mentioned it once or twice. Did he? Uh, nine, <laughs> nine out of 13 games are at home. So if we can sort the home form out, then you'd like to think we'll be in the, uh, you know, right in the mix and, and hopefully in the in the home straight come come March, April time. Saturday's opponents, um, Lincoln City are 12th and they are um, still not, uh, you know, the playoffs are not out of sight for them either. 
Um, a good run of form at home, as I say, but away form may be costly for them. Um, we'll come back to that at the end. I've got a player stats right for you. Um, I, Presumably David Johnson related. Uh, he features, but it's not <laughs> yeah. oriented around him in any particular way. Okay. Um, it's worth mentioning if you're not aware or if you're maybe someone who was born after the millennium, that in 1990,000 Ipswich had an excellent promotion-winning season that yeah. ended in playoff victory at Wembley. Glory. We will be putting out plenty of 99-2000 nostalgic content, football hipster content, which hopefully everyone will enjoy. And in that vein, I've come up with a player stats right, which is a little bit nerdy and a little bit random, which I think is probably straightforward. Okay. I always put these, these, these kind of topics and think, oh, this is really smart, I'm really clever. Um, and then Joe or someone just totally destroys it. So um, I'm expecting similar from okay. you today, Seb. This is um, league appearances, so it excludes the Cups and the playoffs Okay. for the starting eleven at Wembley. Okay, yeah. Um, higher right. or lower. So the easy start for you, yeah. um, well, is Richard Wright in goal, and he was never present yeah, in the league. 46, yeah. So in, I'm going to do this in squad number order. Okay. So I might jump around a little bit, just a bit of jeopardy. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make a difference, particularly for the first one, um, because you know that Rich Wright is never present. Number five was Tony Mowbray, higher or lower than 46. Lower. How much by? I reckon probably 30 games or so. Higher than that, actually. Really? I was surprised by this. Tony Mowbray played 40 times. Oh, wow. I thought, so he definitely he missed the in, first couple of months of the season. Yeah, and I thought he came in sort of around about October, November yeah, time. It so must have been, must have been earlier. Apps, okay. um, for Mogger. Um, number six, Mark Venus, higher or lower than higher. 40. I'd say higher. I reckon that's going to be... I can't remember him missing much at all, so I'd imagine 42, 43. Mark Venus is lower. See, 34. Brilliant. Rubbish. I picked a good one. Rubbish. Mark Venus is 34 appearances. Um, next up, Jamie Clapham, number three, higher or lower than 34. He was always, he was ever present pretty much, wasn't he? But higher than 34, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, higher. I'd say low 40s. Um, are you going to back your prediction that he's never present? Well, we signed Croft and Croft play. Yeah, ever present, 46, boom. Jamie Clapper was an ever present, 46, boom. <laughs> um, someone else who was ever present, I'm going to do this one myself because this Matt. is easy, yeah. number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matthew Holland, who, yeah. um, ever present, ever dependable, Matt Holland, captain. Number nine, <laughs> I've never heard of this guy, no. higher or lower than 46. Uh, lower, he missed a couple when Axel Dahl came in and was, was useless, so I'll say 43. Oh, you're right, again with, with a couple. 44, back uh, yourself. Okay, 44. Um, yeah, higher or lower next, number 11, James Magilton. He was injured at the start of the season, I remember, because Jermaine Wright started in central midfield. So I think he probably missed the first three or four, but after that, I'm guessing ever present. So I'm going to say lower, for 39. Bang on. Yeah. Bang on. Number he got a red card as well, didn't he? Didn't he kick somebody against QPR? QPR? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. Well brought up. Um, 14, Jermaine Wright. Higher or lower than 39 appearances. So obviously signed in the summer. Yeah, but lower. I think he was a bit in and out of the team. So I'd say lower around about 35 or so. Oh, 34 for yeah. Jermaine Wright. Um, number 25, um, Gary Croft. Well, he spent some time <laughs> at Her Majesty's Pleasure. So... Uh, uh, we signed him, he played the Man City game, which was September time, but then he went away and then he was a bit out of the team. So I will say 26. 21 for Gary Croft. And then it's, this is where it gets easy to finish with. Um, you've not been caught out by too much. Um, 20, oh, I've got the order wrong. Oh, man, I've screwed up my own game. Shocker. So 24 should Shot have come. After twenty, after Jermaine Wright, yeah. So let's rewind. Okay. You know that the next one after John McGreal is lower. 
Uh, it was 21 for Gary Croft. It was a higher John McGreal. Um, he got John McGreal the was end. John McGreal higher or lower than Jermaine Wright on 34? Uh, higher, 40. John McGreal and Jermaine Wright had the same number of appearances. Really? I know he was injured towards the end, but okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, he got sent off as well, didn't he? Yeah. Portsmouth. Portsmouth, really early. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, and ending it in style, 27, Marcus Stewart, higher or lower than 21 appearances? Higher. No, he got injured as well. No, lower, lower. Going to give me a number? 18. Nine. That low? He signed in February, don't forget. Only in the league, this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, he got injured there, didn't he? He went yeah. wandering. Thankfully, Johnson kept scoring goals and, uh, yeah, yeah, and got yeah. us in the playoffs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stuart, um, nine appearances and one as a sub, I think. Yeah, two goals, um, is it? Yeah. All right. Same. One against Huddersfield. That you yeah, know, one absolutely. Yeah. yeah, good for us. Yeah, good for good. Both good strikers, equally good. <laughs> um, right, let's do some plugs and wrap this stuff up. We've got. Um, you can find our channel at Blue Monday ITFC, um, and you can find our Instagram uh, Blue Monday Pod Team. All one word. Always some good stuff, interesting stuff there that we don't put on Twitter. Um, so go and find us there. We've also moved um, our YouTube channel. We're going to keep mentioning this until we have 10,000 subscribers. Um, <laughs> you can find our YouTube channel. If you go searching for Blue Monday Podcast and search um, on YouTube, you'll find it. Um, do subscribe. Um, do ping the bell so you know when we're going to post stuff up. Um, and you can find us there. Um, in terms of bits and pieces for next week, we've got, uh, we're, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, we're going to record pods um, midweek when there are games. Mm. It's, it's very difficult to make, um, you know, when we had Harry's excellence and, yeah. and championship teams with plenty of information for Harry to go about. It made the preview show a lot easier this season, a lot more difficult. So we're going to have a break this week in the midweek show, um, but back obviously the week after because we've and already yeah, mentioned still, Rotherham. Is there four more? Yeah, we've got loads of... I think there's four know, more three-game three weeks. Game week, so. um, and maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be a this week in ITFC history as well to fill the gap. And we'll do, as I say, the 99-2000 content mm. is coming. It'll be kind of... We'll probably do small bits and pieces as well rather than the kind of long players. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But definitely if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you will see that stuff coming out. Um Next week, Seb, Lincoln City. Yeah. Um, let me give you some stats. Um, Lincoln, 12 at the moment under Michael Apton, as I mentioned before. Two good loan, loan signings this week, including, I think, one from um, oh, John Jules, I think, from Arsenal, I think. Okay. Um, 18th in the away table. Yeah. They are um, amazing home form. I think they are so third the, in the home. If, if So the opposite of us, basically. Yeah, we are We are top of the away league table, yeah, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, but 18th in the away table with only two away wins. Three of those draws. They've obviously drawn at Portman Road already this season in the Cup, yep. but have spanked us away. Um, and they won yesterday against Blackpool. This is going to be a tough fixture, Seb. It'll be tough, but I am confident with, with the players we've got now coming into form and a settled formation and whatnot. I um, I, I, I think we'll win that. Um, not saying it'll be comfortable, not saying it'll be easy, but it's the kind of games we need to just start steamrolling now if we are to, to hit our stride. And, and what a great confidence boost that would be if we could win that 2-0, 3-0 maybe, going into the Rotherham game. I think that'll give everyone a, a big a big lift ahead of a, a tricky run of fixtures because after that we've got obviously Rotherham away, we've got Sunderland away, Peterborough are coming mm. to Portman Road. I know they're in bad form but they're coming to Portman Road so there's some big, big games coming up. That's why it's crucial when you when you play all, all due respect, when you play the likes of Lincoln at Portman Road, you, you, you would expect a, a three points. Win all your home games. Yep. Win all your home games. Well, with games. 9 out of 13, you know. If we Is can, it 9 out of 13? I think so. It's been mentioned, I think, once or 13. twice. But if you win all the... Is it uh, 9 out of 12? Uh, was it 13? No, it's 13 la- of the last... 9 of the 13 uh, last games. Yes. After the 13 last games, that are we? It's We've still got about 18 to go, so yeah. that'll kick in, I guess, probably mid mid to late February is when the uh, the countdown will begin. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikey will be back to host the pod for that one. I think Dave is also 
due to make an appearance and another a nice bit of jeopardy we'll um, announce that when we do the questions tweet next weekend um Seb, where can we find you on Twitter? At BrownS08, up to 172 followers. Boom Living down. the dream. And you can find me at Ipswich. Don't forget to keep on, uh, on the Twitter feed for information about next week. And also, don't forget to get yourself to 10 Star Blues next week as well. Um, Seb, thank you as always. We didn't do Pleasure. any dodgy Scouse accents. We can, do you want to end with one of those? No, no? God no. Jesus, I'll be, I'll be killed around here. No, we'll leave that one. Thank you to the people of Liverpool for their hospitality. <laughs> the and thank Liverpool you, thank you to, uh, to Mersey Rail for, uh, for getting us to and fro despite your uh, anger issues. Takes forever. They stop at lots of pointer stations. Some of them like a few metres apart. Pointless, oh, interesting. Silly. Describing the people of the world as pointless. Oh, brilliant. So you can find me out. It's rich. rich. Yeah, it's rich, yeah. Um, give me your feedback if you're um, uh, local here in Merseyside about how tedious the train journeys are into <laughs> Liverpool. Seb, say goodbye. Goodbye. That's goodbye from me. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.